right, Q's Nation. I don't even know what to say after what we just saw. <laughs> Mixed emotions. Tale of two halves. What a what a great comeback, huh? Against Colgate. And then their two-game winning streak against us. They're like it was gonna be three games. Again, our butt butts kick against them. But team, they have heart, they have fight. And you know what? <laughs> All the criticisms of past teams with Beheim and stuff that, you know, even yours truly tweeted about, like the offensive game and everything like that, and guys not knowing what the hell they're doing on defense. You know what? Put uh, It didn't matter at the end. You know what? YOLO ball, just roll it out. Let Chris Bell do whatever the hell he wants. Take any three-point shot he wants. <laughs> I'm giving Chris Bell a Maui pass or a Hawaii pass, right? Chris Bell can stink it up. I'm giving him a three-game pass because if it wasn't for him and the stretch he had and the late shot he had and stuff, <laughs> we would have lost by, like, 30. So I'm giving – I know I've been very critical along with a lot of you guys as well. It's not like it's not – it hasn't been warranted, but – Chris Bell, he's good with me. He's, he, he got a Hawaii pass, so if he stinks it up, he goes like over 25 shooting threes or whatever, grabs two rebounds in three games. I'm not I'm not going to bring any criticism his way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but anyway, guys, all kidding aside, let me just, um, you know, run through some points real quick. And then um, Vince, Vince, I got to hear from you, my, my, my guy. So, you know, just hit the request button. I'll put you on cue. But let me just uh, run through some things real quick. And Toast, if you got something you want to say as well, love to hear from you as well. But um, offensively, um, the first half obviously was rough. Uh, once again, the guys, a lot of miscommunications defensively. It seemed like nobody was paying attention to the scout report. You know, they were leaving dudes open on the perimeter. I said on a pod, I did a pod yesterday previewing the game and saying, look, the majority of the guys outside of the one big man, Woodward, all of those guys can shoot threes, you know? So you have to pay attention to detail when guys weren't switching on the shooters, leaving guys open, rebounding. And this is a problem. This is a problem when it comes to rebounding. Nobody, it seems like they, they do not practice boxing out at the Mellow Center. Because when a shot goes up, and this is something I have seen since the exhibition games, dudes are just standing and watching. The only person who's battling for boards is whoever the big man in the game is in the middle of the paint around the hoop, whether that's McLeod or Malik Brown. Everybody else is just standing and watching. So when you see like teams are shooting long-range shots and it's a long rebound, of course, it's getting batted out, it's getting tipped, or, you know, the, the 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 opposing team, they're getting the ball right away because our guys are just standing and watching. Nobody's attacking the glass, and that has to be something that Red Autry needs to emphasize to this group. Got to tell the guards, crash the boards. Got to tell the forwards, crash the boards. Like, outside of the big male, the other four players need to attack the glass. This has been something that's been going on since the exhibition games that I've noticed. And you want to play man-to-man -man defense, 
one of the main things we always heard the excuse with the zone oh there there, there aren't any you know blackout responsibilities it's hard to box out when you're playing zone okay we're playing man to man now so what's the excuse you know what i mean so that has to be something that red has to emphasize moving forward we shouldn't be getting killed on the glass against colgate it's not like we're going against north carolina it's not like we're going against duke it's not like we're going against the teams that we're going to we're going to deal with coming up in, in, in hawaii so that's something that has to be cleaned up and uh let me see uh yeah so offensively like i said it you know it's still the same stuff that we see with jb you know it was disappointing to see that okay when colgate was going on they run that it's like damn we don't red calls a timeout and we can't even come out of timeout and just run a play to get an easy hoop like mcleod's in the game and we don't even have a simple play where we can set a screen or something or whatever and get him rolling to the hoop throw a ball up and he can just get a dunk just to stop a 8-0 run 10-0 run 12-0 run you know it's just it, it's kind of like a repeat of what we've seen with Bayham, but i guess it is what it is if it leads us to a victory <laughs> people aren't going to complain about it but it's like okay you get away with it against a cold gate but how many times are you going to get away with it against teams with top-notch talent um but look overall Love the fight, love the hustle in the second half. Um, Colgate, I don't think they hit a three in the second half. They they weren't getting too many open looks. Um, I thought the man-to-man D was on point. Um, the rebound, we limited them for the most part to just one shot, one and done. The press was on point. So great victory, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, I can't believe what I just saw. What was it, 24-point deficit or something like that? Team showed a lot of heart, courage, and stuff like that. Good start for the Red Archery era. And we'll take, we'll move on to Hawaii now and see how it goes. So that's uh, my my take on things. Um, I'm going to move it on uh, to some of you, know, you guys, what you, what you got to, what you think about what went down tonight. I see my guy Vince here. You know, I, I need to hear from him because uh, Vince, you know, it's funny. It's like I'm here mocking all these other programs. Um, uh, West Virginia losing to Monmouth and uh, Nova losing to Penn and Georgetown losing to Holy Cross. And, you know, that tweet you had, he was like, hey, I hope you, I hope you laughing tomorrow. And I was kind of like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, he does have a point because, like, this Colgate game is not going to be easy. <laughs> Yeah, Dean, man, yeah. I was I was ready to come on here and uh and give you a tongue lashing, man. <laughs> I was I'm not gonna lie, I was like all I was thinking all day was all game <laughs> until we made her comeback, I was like, Dean's gonna get some shit for that. He's talking all kinds of garbage about these other programs and we're gonna get freaking <laughs> we're getting smoked by Colgate. Hey Vince, you know, I was looking for the proper like gift or something of a reaction of that. Cause it's like, look, you gotta be able if you're gonna dish it out, you gotta be able to take it. So I'm not gonna I, lie. Well, when, I, I was I was look, you know, I was gonna look, but I uh Yeah, you know, I was you, looking you I was look, when the first cause remember the second half, I was like, okay, we cut it down to sixteen, so maybe we go on the ten no run, whatever, we're back in it. But when yeah. we got off to a slow start, it got up to what? 24. We came out of the locker room so flat. I was like, yeah. oh, God, this I, game I, is yeah, over, I, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was the same way. I was like, okay, yeah, this is not our night. So it, it wasn't until, um, I'm not sure if it was the same with you, but around that eight-minute mark or so, when we cut it down to like eight, 
eight, ten points, something, something mm-hmm. like that around that. That that's when I kind of felt like okay. Well, I think uh, you know, I think that uh, Judah got his head out of his ass um, and started driving the ball to the basket, and he got a he made an end one, and that was big. I I actually we cut it to four, and um, Bell missed a, a wide open three pointer that would have cut it to one, and I was like, oh god, that was so deflating, and I thought. All right, there's plenty of time left, but I just had a feeling that we were just going to come up short because, you know, he missed that shot. And luckily, uh, we kept the pressure on, and obviously the uh, press worked quite a bit. Um, Yeah, you know, obviously, uh, Mince and Bell triggered the comeback, so all credit goes to them. But I thought, actually, I thought one guy who was a little bit of an unsung hero was Quadier Copeland in the second half. He actually got a couple of deflections knocked the ball out a couple times, led to, triggered a couple of fast breaks, and we got a couple of easy baskets. I thought he was good. And um, Malik Brown also, I mean, you know, he didn't – you look at his box score, he played 20 minutes, he only scored six points, he had three rebounds, but he had three steals, and uh, a couple of those were really big. And obviously that one yep. where he got the steal and the breakaway dunk was just – that was ginormous. And with like 40 seconds left or whatever it was to put us up four, I thought that was a yeah, that big, was, big play. Yeah, that was the game right there. When he got that steal, because we were up two. Yep. And then, you know, when we got up to four, that's when I felt comfortable. I was like, okay. And then, you know, him knocking down those two free throws huge. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like, I, I mean, huge. yeah, yeah. Somebody on Twitter commented um, that it looks like he can barely jump. And I, I think that – I still don't think he's 100%, to be honest with you. I think that groin injury is still lingering, but I could be wrong. I mean, he's not exactly uh, Dominique Wilkins out there anyway. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, he he just doesn't look as explosive. But – um. Yeah, I mean, I think Red, I think it was a good learning experience for the whole team, but I think it was a good learning experience for Red because it's really obvious that he has to be really proactive with um, with the defense and pressing um, because this team is going to struggle in the half court a lot of times um, because we don't have, you know, we don't have great shooters. We have two starting guards. You know, it's funny, I, I was um, – talking to my dad who hadn't seen the first two games and he's a big Q's fans because I'm a big Q's guy. And um, I, he wanted to know what to expect. And I said, it's going to be a tough game. I said, he said, well, give me a synopsis of, uh, of what you've seen so far. And I said, well, problem problems are glaring for Syracuse. We have two guards. Our two starting guards aren't good shooters. We don't play great defense. You know, we don't have, we're the man to man needs a lot of work. We don't rebound very well, and our offense in the half court's not good. I said the one thing that we do have going for us is that we take the ball well to the basket, and we you know we attack the rim well. And he's like, "Geez, that doesn't sound so good." And I'm like, "Well, you know, it's a work in progress." And I think that those flaws were all exposed in this game, despite the comeback. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to be negative, Nancy, here because it was a great win, and I'm very happy with the with the W, but. Um, Obviously, you have to look at the big picture, and uh, and those and those flaws are definitely you know prevalent in the game. Um, I do think the red though is going to learn a lot from that game, and in that he has to uh, really ramp up the pressure and get us running and gunning because um, when the team is aggressive and taking the ball to the basket, 
and uh, you know we're 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 good, but when we're bogged down in the half court, we're not good, and uh, and so it, it, the defense has to trigger the offense, and the only way the defense is going to do that is if we put ramp up the pressure because the man to man. You know, the man-to-man was much better in the second half when we made the comeback, and I think that was because we had more energy because of the press. So, um, you know, even though the press was kind of ugly at times, it did lead to a lot of easy buckets, and that was a key in the game. And I think that Red, you know, Red will be smart, and he'll um, he'll make us, you know, a little bit more aggressive on defense all the time, and I think that'll help. Because we have so many bodies that we can substitute. So if it's being tired shouldn't be an issue, you know. I mean, he didn't do anything in this game, but, you know, Kyle Cuff is going to be an important guy off the bench, um, you know, and um, neither of us have mentioned Benny Williams, and that's probably for the best because I, I was ripping him on Twitter. Um, I thought he had a horrible game. Um, just shot selection, really bad. I mean, he you know, he, his shot looked – like a line drive again. I don't know if he's, if it's rust or, or what, but uh, I just, I didn't think he provided anything in the 10 minutes that he played. Whereas Copeland at least provided a spark in the 10 minutes that he played. Um, McLeod, obviously this wasn't his game. Um, But again, the thing is with, with Colgate is they have big guys. um, As you said on your pod, uh, your preview pod, they have big guys that can pass. They have big guys that can step out. So this is a tough game for Naheem McLeod because he's not good. You know, he doesn't have that mobility, so it's not great for him moving in and out. And uh, I think he'll, he'll show better games. I was surprised when I looked at the box score to see that he had three block shots. So that's pretty good in 19 minutes. But other than that, he didn't do anything. Um, I thought Justin Taylor had a tough game, but he did make one big three in the second half that I thought was huge. Uh, Starling was kind of up and down um, seven rebounds is impressive for a, for a guard. Um, and uh, let's see, we already went over Judah and, and uh, Chris Bell, you know, I think Chris Bell actually did a few things that I, I liked outside of him making those shots. He actually uh, did take the ball to the basket a few times. He, he had a pump fake where he got a nice uh, medium range jump shot in the lane, which was good to see. And, uh, you know, of course, he didn't have any rebounds, but <laughs> that's no surprise. Uh, what else is new, right, Vince? What else is new? Yeah, right? exactly. Um, <laughs> but like I said, I'm giving him a Oh, I'm no, yeah, him you're Hawaii absolutely pass. right. I mean, 25 points. I'm giving points. him a Hawaii pass, so. I'm, no doubt. I'm going to I'm gonna let that slide. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is funny that, that's the thing I noticed during the game. I was like, he's not rebounding from yeah. the damn, but you know what? If he's making these threes and he's scoring no, these points, I mean, keeping six, us in the game. Six for 14 you know from three. <laughs> so if we take out his six for 14 from three, um, Syracuse was three for 18 from three. Oh, my gosh. Mm, rough. That's rough. Somebody's got to tell Quadir Copeland not to shoot from the outside, too. I mean, there, there's a reason why they're 10 it, feet off of him in the half court. It, Vince, I felt, and this was good um, – Scout, I keep talking about scout report with our guys, but Colgate they did their scout report because when Benny was in the game, notice how the game changed, right? When Benny first came in, 
And I remember this. I took a note of this. This was around yeah. under 10 We were minutes. down like two points. Re- yeah, two points. Benny comes in, and Copeland's in the game, and these guys are shooting threes, bricking it, not even coming close. And they're backing off And like of you them. said, yeah, they're backing off of them. And then that went. They, that's when they went on their big run. Yep. And, and and it's funny you mentioned Benny with the line drive shot because that's how I noticed. I'm like, he's back to the line. Remember we were talking about yeah, this in the Yeah, in the right? exhibition like, games, the first shot game had more arc. Week. Yeah, and I'm like, he went back to the same old, same old, and his shots were not even coming close to going in. And I was just like, Red needs to get him up because he wasn't even good on the defensive end. No. Like, he was giving up offensive boards. He was late rotating. And, like, he did not have, you know, any idea of what he was doing out there on both ends of the floor. No, absolutely. So, I mean, he looked – yeah. I know he's been back at practice for a few days, but it almost looked like a guy who hadn't been at practice at all, and they just put in the game. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, it was very frustrating to watch. I couldn't believe – I couldn't believe they finished that comeback, though. I still can't believe what I watched. Yeah. I, and, and another note before I got – Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. That I forgot to mention was a big break we caught, and I'm not saying we won the game because of this. Who knows? But when they point guard, who's really good oh, tonight, yeah. Grady Smith got hurt. I think he was cramping or something, maybe. Yeah. Because they were stretching yeah, him out. Got, yeah. I think I think he might have been cramping. Either that or he just, like, tweaked something. But um, that was yeah. huge. I was so going to mention that. Yeah. When, yeah, we got how many? Braden like, Smith. A bunch of turnovers. Yeah, we got a bunch of turnovers after that. Because, remember, he, he was, like, really the only ball handler. Only guy that how about this for a box score for that kid, all right? 14 points, mm-hmm. 11 rebounds. And eight assists. And Vince, this this is crazy. Guess where he's from? Go ahead. Take a guess. Um, he's from he's from the state of Washington. And who's coaching Washington right now? That can oh, use a yeah, point guard. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the fans are are, are mad at that guy because they say he hasn't had a true point guard yeah. in years or since he's really been there. <laughs> and there's a kid wow. in his own state. Who's at Colgate? That's How the heck did he wind up at Colgate? That's crazy. I have, yeah, it's crazy, man. State of Washington, not Washington D.C. The state of Washington. Wow. And he's at Colgate, and you know our guy Mike, Mike Hopkins over there looking for a point guard. And I haven't been know. following Washington. How are they starting off the year? Do you know? They started out two and zero, and then they got spanked by Nevada the other day at home. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's not looking good for Hop. You know, they're right. the AD that hired him is actually the new AD at USC now. So, okay. yeah, like, Pop, Pop's, Pop's going to be a goner. So, unfo- unfortunately. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. I don't think they're... So, Vince, um, so how you how you think, um, how you feeling about Maui? Um, you know, Maui I feel the, I feel the same about Maui that I did um, before this game. Um, I don't think we can handle Tennessee inside. Um, they've got really good forwards um i think are going to give us a problem um i don't know i haven't seen gonzaga but i i I listened to your preview pod and i take your word that they're a little bit more beatable than purdue so i see us losing to uh tennessee and then playing probably playing gonzaga hopefully we have a chance there but the other side of the bracket like the constellation bracket's not going to be any cakewalk either um so you know as much as you don't want to sign up for one and two oh and three would be terror would be a disaster but one and two i would probably sign up for maybe um 
two and one would be great. Um, and I, I just, I don't see us winning the whole thing. I uh, just, I don't think that's, I don't even think that's, I, I, I shouldn't say it's impossible, but that would be, that would floor me. So, um, yeah, I would, I, you know, look, tonight's win, that's what makes tonight's win so big because we come back from Maui four and two, then we refocus for LSU and uh, win that game. And then all of a sudden we're five and two and we're in a pretty good spot. So hoping we go one and two. How about you? You're staying with that pretty much? Yeah, 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 pretty much. Because if, let's say we lose the Gonzaga game, then his base is pretty much Chaminade, right? <laughs> like, is we, it going to be Chaminade, though? Shaman. I mean, you don't know. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Chaminade, yeah, because Shaman, they're not going to win their first two games. They play Kansas, and then they play whoever loses. Yeah, the, well, we have to. The, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, so if if if, if so for if whatever reason if we lose the Tennessee game and then let's say if we lose to Gonzaga, you know we would be playing Chaminade for like that last place, you know that um yeah what seven faith spot or something like that. So <laughs> we better not lose to them. That's all I'll say. But it doesn't really do like even if we whip on whip up on them, you know it doesn't really yeah. Well, you know, what it do does do is it us. makes our record two games over five hundred instead of five hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, either way, you know, it, it should work out for us. You know, I can't see us going 0-3. No, I agree. So, um, I agree. Yeah, 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 so we, we should. But hopefully the win is over a Gonzaga or a name opponent, right? You know what I mean? Like, we'll yeah, feel yeah. better Cause, cause opponent in the, more so. In, as far as our resume concerned, beating Shamana does nothing for us, right? I know what you're saying, yeah. But there are enough, yeah. there's still enough games in the, you know, I still think that our schedule is going to be, you know, there are going to be enough games where we're going to be able to to uh, make our strength of schedule look pretty good. I mean, hopefully our strength of schedule will matter. You know, hopefully we win enough games to where we're in the discussion at the end of the year. Um, because I think right now, you know, um, the prognosticators look like they're, look like they're right about us. Um, you know, we definitely have some holes. We definitely have a lot of growth to, uh, to make, uh, you know, growing pains to get through. And, uh, you know, but I mean, I, you know, obviously it was a huge win tonight. So let's, uh, you know, we got to enjoy it and move on and hope that we, uh, hope that we look decent in Maui. I just hope that we get right. You know, the thing is, is that when you play a team like Tennessee, we're not going to have to worry about our guys being focused because they're going to be focused for that game because they know that it's going to be a huge task. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that's a game where McLeod actually can make an impact because he's, he was very, you know, he, he just, he wasn't really impactful in this game at all, you know? So hopefully we can, I, I just wish he would post up inside. It drives me nuts that he doesn't use his size and we don't utilize that. I mean, he, just dump the ball down to the guy and see what he can do inside. I mean, it just, it's, I don't know. It's underutilized, especially considering how bogged down we are in the half court. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like when you go through those stretches where a team is going on these runs, I'm like, damn, we can't run one play just to get an easy yeah. bucket, throw a ball up to him mm-hmm. and just get a dunk or a layup or, you know, let's just say, he just gets fouled, right? Like, yeah, you know, anything, you know. It, and that's, it's just crazy. That to we me has been the most disappointing aspect of Red is that he hasn't changed, as you said in the um, before before I was speaking, he hasn't changed the offense at all. It's all the same iso ball. And I thought for sure that we would have a little bit more movement off the ball and 
it's been very disappointing. The offense has been very disappointing. I mean, the defense has been the, you know, the, the press bail us out tonight, but you know, it's, it, it's really come down to uh, I'm, I'm really, really disappointed with, with red in that he hasn't changed our offense. Yeah. I had um, one of my guys, um, shout out to my guy, Rob. He, he had, you know, tweeted me when I, you know, made the tweet about the offense and, you know, being unstructured and he was saying that, he thought like one of the things that Red should do moving forward or should have done coming into you know the season was hire an offensive guru or something like that as like a you know one of those um special assistant roles and stuff to help out with the offense and you know he never really did that like it, it's just kind of like he just you know brought in strong and it's the same guys and stuff you know what I mean and it's like you look at all these other programs. They they have like an offensive guru, defensive guru, somebody has like a special assistant that's helping out and stuff. And um, you know, hopefully that's something that Red, you know, um utilizes moving forward because now, you know, they made changes to the ruling that you can bring in like multiple coaches and stuff and everything like that. So I don't see why we can't do that. No, I agree. Um I thought that Strawn was supposed to be a good X's and O's guy. Yeah, I'm strong. I mean, he's a bright young mind, but his main thing was to recruit. You know, yeah. I, always, I heard that like Red knew he had to get because, you know, like G Max not great at recruiting. And um, what's his name? Griff is kind of like hit or miss. So, like, getting that third spot, he knew he had to get somebody that was like highly connected. Yeah, let me ask you like, a question about that, which stuff. I've never yeah. really understood about, uh, about Brendan Strong. Now, I understand he has great AOU connections, and that's his big, you know, that's his that's his thing. But he was coaching yeah. at George Washington, and they never really got any players. So, that, you know, that that kind of, to me, that... He, what's, well, to be fair, I think he was only at GW for like a year. Okay, and then where was he before that? Yeah, he was at St. Joe's for a couple of years, and before that he was at like Loyola, Loyola, Maryland. So he kind of like bounced around a bit, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But for a young guy... You know, people bringing him on these different staffs who kind of know, like, you know, they think highly of him that he's moving up the ladder at these, like, different stages and stuff for young guys. So, right. you know, it's not like GW. Because GW just got um, Lyra Nega's assistant that was there for a while as a coach a couple years ago. So, Strawn had joined that staff. You know what I mean? Like, like um, you know, if you want Lyra, you know, if you look at Miami where they got all these, like, DMV guys and Philly guys and stuff. Um, it was because of that assistant that just took the job at GW. So Strong was just there for like a year. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? no, that's year, not time. That's years. not enough time. So yeah, that's not. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Fair so enough. I didn't think. I thought him. he was there for a but, few years. I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah, nah, yeah. He was at St. Joe's before that, and then before, um, previously, he was at Loyola Maryland and stuff. Um, I think that was like his first Loyola Maryland was like his first um D one job because I think he was on he was doing the AU thing and stuff like that around that. So that's that's where all the connections come from. He was like coaching, you know, AU and 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 and, and um you know, being around all that, you know, the DMV, that whole DMV area and stuff. So, you know, right but yeah, that was that was his main that that was like the main like selling point with him that like Red knew he had to get somebody that was strongly connected and recruiting and stuff to get him players because obviously we know if you can't get players like you know i don't need to be the dead horse but we know g-max situation and you know what i'm saying so 
Red knew like, hey, I gotta, I gotta get somebody that can get me some players, and we saw him come through with like Donnie Freeman and all that. So, and we're in the mix with a lot of other players moving forward. So, you know, but when it comes to X's and O's, nothing is stopping Red from getting, you know, maybe like a former coach or you know somebody on the on the come up that can just be a special assistant. Like it doesn't have to be a recruit or anything like that. Just somebody that can help yeah. the team drop some plays. And we can get some easy buckets when it's out there. It's not just like street ball, just roll the ball out. And I one pass to Chris Bell and pray that he makes like five threes or Judah goes into the paint and try to finish over a couple of dudes or JJ trying to hit a floater over a seven footer and stuff like that. You know what I mean? What did you so think of JJ tonight? I was just happy to see him hit a three early on. Weren't you? Yeah, you know what? It was weird about that. It actually looked like a pretty. He had pretty good form on that one shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then he shot a second one that I thought was quite early. Maybe he was feeling himself a bit, and it didn't like come close. It was really early. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I I thought it was a decent game from JJ. Um, you know, not one of his better games like the previously, but I thought it was okay. Yeah, exactly. A few times he didn't finish shots that he would normally finish. I thought. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for the thanks for the mic. I just want to also say I appreciate you mentioning um, Jason Spears on your last pod because that's a terrible situation with him. and uh, he's a good guy that sometimes, as you said, is on these spaces. And uh, hopefully he'll be back soon because he's a good guy. And that's a, you know, he has brain, he had a brain tumor, um, terrible situation. And I just, uh, just want to say, you know, that he's in, in all of our thoughts that, that know him and, uh, and care for him. He's a, he's a really, really good guy. So uh, I appreciate you mentioning Yeah, well that. said. Yeah, well said. Yeah, um, because I know he fell back um from things for a while because I haven't heard from him for a minute, so I wasn't sure. You know, everybody goes through their stuff. You yeah, know he mean? was so going through some other physical let... things, and then I didn't know about this mm-hmm. until I saw that tweet that I forwarded to you. Um, yeah, so it was mm-hmm. kind of shocking, but to say the least. But uh, yeah, just hopefully yeah, he'll so be on his feet soon. You know. Yeah, you know. So everybody, you know, Q's Nation, you know, just say a prayer for him and. You know, I'm sure he's going to, you know, hopefully bounce back and, you know, we'll hear from him soon. But, yeah, man, it's, it's um you know, an unfortunate situation. But, um, Absolutely. you know, yeah. All right, Dean, but, thanks uh, for, very much for the time. I appreciate it. I'm going to obviously stay oops. on and uh, maybe I'll jump in later on. Yeah, because, you know, you know, our boy Toast, you know, you know, Toast, our, our boy Toast is around. I see that, I see yeah. <laughs> and Scott Schuster, right, so too. Wanna... He's always a... He's yeah, a... so, I mean, Toast. Toast and Scott, like you guys want to hop on? Um, I'm, 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 I want to hear from you guys. Like, what's up? What's your, what's your thoughts? We're not gonna talk about. I, I don't want to give no more, no more free promotion to a certain individual. So we're not gonna debate that guy. So Toast, if you're gonna talk about him, you can go on the Binghamton spaces or whatever. I don't want to hear that man's name on my platform anymore. So, you know, you you can chill with that. But I'm gonna bring you two guys on and hear what y'all got to say. What's up? How does World Spaces? Great, great to hear from you, Toast. So, what's your thoughts? So, you go, you go, go on, and then, hey, Scott, I see. So, uh, all right, so Toast beat you to the punch, Scott, but you could come on after. But if Toast is talking nonsense, then you can just cut him off anytime you feel like it's no. It's a good night for all of us. I'm, I'm excited to hear from Toast. 
Thank you, Scott. I'm going to be brief. Okay. I just want to first give credit to the MVP of tonight's game, Vince, for sending that tweet that counteracted Dean Francis's tweet. By, by Vince sending the tweet that says, I hope you're not crying or laughing tomorrow, whatever it said, that saved us because the basketball gods were going to punish us for Dean Francis's tweet until Vince saved us with his response tweet. <laughs> Oops. Oh, you, you're lucky. I love you, my guy. Go ahead. What else do you got? What else uh, the only other basketball-related issue I wanted to touch on, which uh, both you or Dean particular at the top you touched on, was the rebounding. Because I'm not sure it's a matter of, you know, so simple as just telling our guys to crash the glass. I just don't see the natural rebounder on our roster. It's like you didn't need to tell Derek Holman, John Wallace, and Carmelo, even guys like Terrence Roberts, Paul Harris, Wes Johnson. These guys just, you know, kind of cleaned up the glass naturally. We just don't have that forward right now on the roster that I'm seeing. Uh, I, I was hoping Benny would be that guy his freshman year. That was kind of the type of recruit I thought we were getting. But uh, what do you think? I mean – is it just going to have to be some sort of team effort? Uh, uh, or, you know, I don't know if it's like a, a switch that can be flipped so easily. It, it seems that way. You need to tell these guys that they, they, they got to be gang rebounding because I, I, you see the game's toast. Uh, dudes are just standing there watching. They're just looking up and saying, all right, you get it. No, you get it. You get it. Is that even something like, at this point? Can you coach that? I mean, like, uh, why is no one just like, uh, it's just frustrating that we don't have a, a maybe Malik Brown last year. Malik Brown showed some rebounding instincts. Maybe what Vince said, he's still a little uh, hobbled or whatever. But not, but toast when Malik Brown he's playing the five most times. So when he's in the, he's in the trenches dealing with like two dudes in the paint. So if the ball gets boxed out or tapped out to the perimeter, why is like none of our guards in the vicinity? Why is like none of the forwards like everybody's just so scattered and spaced out on the perimeter, just looking and watching? for you know whether Malik Brown is in there or McLeod is in there to get the ball like why can't Judah or you know or JJ or or or, or Bell and, and well Bell that's you know it's asking a lot for Bell to grab a rebound but you know what I mean like everybody just got to crash the damn glass and the dude one of the guys in the first half like when we couldn't grab a board that was grabbing rebounds but the, the problem is he can't shoot to save his life is Copeland Copeland was out there in the trenches grabbing rebounds over like two, three dudes and stuff. But you know, we saw we saw the flaw. Like Colgate, they they were just backing off him. Like, okay, shoot that three, shoot that three. He wasn't even coming close to knocking any of those shots down. So it's that, that's it's tough for Copeland. I almost feel like if you're gonna be that wide open, you almost have to shoot it though. I wasn't upset with really any of those shots because he was incredibly wide open. I know by design of Colgate, but. I don't know. I think he can if he if he saw one go in. I feel like he could maybe. I don't know, but the rebounding, yeah, it's just it's it's really puzzling. So, how you feeling about Maui coming up? I'm still just in wait and see mode. I, I don't know. I don't know what this team is. So, so what's your what's your what's your prediction? You think we uh, win a couple of games, or it's like one and two as the consensus feel? You know, I really, really do not know. But we do have a history of playing well and shooting well in Maui. So maybe with those soft rims out there, maybe we could uh, you know recapture yeah, some of this that. This isn't in Maui, though. It's not the same place. They move. Oh, yeah, it's at um, University, yeah, University of Hawaii. Um, it's in Oahu or something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love those soft rims. Yeah. 
All right, so so that's all you got for tonight. Yeah, I'm still uh, I'm still just taking it all in. I'm happy for the win, but like you know, Vince covered all the flaws that are you know a win doesn't necessarily cover up. But if somehow they could bottle the energy of the comeback and start from the opening tip with that, like that's what I've been waiting for all year. But it's between the two exhibitions now, three games, it hasn't happened so. All right, man. So, uh, you know, thanks for, for, for tuning in and stuff. And, um, you know, we'll see what my guy Scott says. Uh, Scott, what's up? How, how you feeling about everything? And I'm in a damn good mood, you know. I didn't – I can't believe it's the same night as the first half. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I think the low point was when Judo went for like a steal haphazardly, missed it, jogged back. The kid shot the three by himself and nailed it. And I'm like, man – he doesn't care, you know, he's going to, you know, I, I, we're down by 24 points. You know, I don't know if you, I, I, I don't know if Vince mentioned this before. I was sorry I missed Vince because he always does a good job and says interesting stuff. But there was one point in the sec, in the first half where we got down by a lot, where Red, I felt like, showed some of his inexperience. He had a five out there of Starling, Copeland, Cuff, Malik, and Benny. And, there, and you, you can't, you can't, right, this team has to have either Judah, Bell, or or Taylor out there. Those are the only three guys who can really score at all from the outside, and that's and that that's being optimistic. And that, and you know, it just seemed like um, he learned his lesson in the second half. Um, look, Judah played his ass off in the second half. He played like a winner, you know. And those of us who have been fans of Syracuse for a long time are never going to take for granted a guy who can hit clutch free throws, right? Um, and this is a guy not only can get clutch free throws, but can get open at, on that out of bounds. It was nice to, you know, Taylor didn't have his best game, but I trust, I think Red trusts him throwing the ball in from out of bounds. You know, we're not going to have one of those things like we had down in North Carolina. Remember that disaster, you know, uh, with JG3 and Buddy and, and so forth. Um, you know, I think you guys made good points about the rebounding. I'll say this, like, Think of how much better our rebounding is from the guard position than when JG3 and Buddy were there. I mean, those guys never rebounded. And we're going to need Starling to get back and rebound. I know Red wants to get out on the offense, but we need to get rebounds. And um, But, you know, uh, it's, it's so, it feels so nice to have a nice big win. You know, like, uh, and I realized back in the day, Colgate wasn't a big win, but, you know, Colgate's a good program and they've beaten us twice. This means something. But when you're down 24 points, I'm telling you, the team last year would have packed it in, and uh, Red didn't let that happen. You know, he made adjustments, obviously made the press. After, you know, I couldn't believe it when they came out at halftime and J.J. chucked up that one-on-five contested three. I'm like, Jesus Christ, have we not taken enough bad shots? But then we started playing like a team. You know, we saw that the bench was alive. Even when we were down by 14, they, were, they saw it since they're coming. It was fun. You know, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, good, good stuff, Scott. So, um, how you how you feeling moving forward now, going to, uh, you know, University of Hawaii? Uh, you know, Scott was oh, not Scott. Um, Toast was talking about those soft Maui rims, but you know, Vincent's remark because I forgot that it's at, you know, University of Hawaii, so we're not gonna be dealing with those soft rims. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, before before I get to Maui, I just want to say, you know, maybe we can wait before we put Lango on the Hall of Fame. I mean, you know, <laughs> this guy acted like he'd never seen a press before. I mean, the, you know, you learn in AEU or, or even before that not to throw the ball into the corner against the press, right? 
That's all they did. There was no adjustment. I mean, you've seen it's not that hard to beat a press in college basketball. And he he made no adjustments. It was just mind boggling. You know, I, I loved it. Don't get me wrong. But um then it reminds then it reminds you of those Notre Dame games over the last few years where Bray he kind of seemed like he ain't know nothing about a press. We would get down by twenty but against them and then it's like we'll hit a, hit them with the press against like even worse, you know, uh, athleticism or quickness than we have this year, and we'll like erase a twenty-point lead like real quick. And yeah, you know, tonight, tonight was yeah. something special. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, I'll, uh, you know, on, on the negative side, before we get to Maui, like uh, Benny was awful, and you know, I understand he's rusty. I don't have any problem with the fact that his shot looked bad tonight. But what bothered me was it seemed like he went in there and was in get mine. You know, I'm going to get mine. I'm going to start shooting. You know, like, uh, you know, he, he, they were begging him to shoot. He, he clutched, he waited, then he kept firing it up. You know, he's 0 for 3 from 3, 0 for 4 from the field. And, uh, you know, the other weird thing was when Bell was going off and then Red sat him down. I was, I'm sure everyone who was watching that game was like, what are you doing, Red? You know, he's the guy who's getting it done for us. And like, as far as the big men go, I know you always like to talk about the big men, man. Uh, the big fellow McLeod and uh, Malik in the first round, first half, they were awful. I mean, I think the low point was when Malik turned down a dunk to pass it out to three. And I was like, but in the second half, he played his ass off. He did what he can do. And that steal was exciting, man. When he got that, that was huge. So yeah. to, to answer your question, I don't know what to expect down in Maui. But you know what I do know is this team won't give up because if they're ever going to give up, they're going to give up tonight. And in college basketball, if you play hard, that's that's the majority of the battle right there because other teams are going to have bad shooting nights and you're going to have good shooting nights, you know, where, you know, the team's going to have more confidence after tonight. I mean, look, I expect we'll probably go one and two, but, I mean, if we go two and one, we're going to feel a little dangerous, you know? Mm-hmm. Hey, Dean, do you think these lower-level college teams have kind of caught up a little bit? Like, why – the talent gap's not nearly what it was, you know, uh, when we would just steamroll Colgate for, you know, 50 consecutive years. What do you think changed? Now, I think it's, you know, coaching the experience because, remember, Colgate, a lot of their guys were, what, juniors and seniors, and then even their point guard. He's a sophomore, but he was a, he was their starting point guard on the team last year that whipped up on us and helped lead his team to the tournament. So um, they, you know, like the seven, eight guys they're playing, they they all had experience. And a lot of, you know, these smaller, smaller, lower level clubs, you know, they, they the, when you see they compete at a high level against like the big boys and stuff, it, it seems to have a lot of experience. That's why you see now, like with how the portal and all that's happening, who's the teams that's having all the success, right? Like when we see Nova win these championships and UConn and all that, it's guys that are like juniors, seniors, sophomores that, you know, played a lot as freshmen and everything like that. So, um, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's that, you know. That's why it's, I'm curious to see Duke, right? Like Duke, Kentucky, they're still doing the five-star thing, right? The five-star freshmen bring these guys in, but – Say Kentucky, for example, why you think Calipari hasn't had that much success lately, right? Like, he's he's bringing 18, 19-year-olds, and when they get into the tournament, and they're playing against, what, 22, 23, 24-year-old guys, you know, it's, those it's, guys, it's, it's, again, they Dean, ask you're, Dean, you're right on the money, because think about how many more hours these teams have practiced together 
like Colgate versus our guys like tonight. You know, we our entire team of sophomores basically who played tonight, with the exception of Benny, who you know, whatever you want to say about that. I mean, you're talking about hours and hours, and you know, you, you're playing 19 year olds versus some kind of grown ass men. You know, not tonight necessarily, but you know, 22, 23 year olds. Like you just pointed out, that's a big difference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, when we're talking long-term upside and pro-bound and all that, obviously you're taking Judah and, you know, JJ and, you know, our guys. But when we're talking about now and what these teams have been through over the last few years, this is what we have to deal with. You know, a lot of these teams have, uh, you know, a bunch of experience. And when you're playing against these youngsters and stuff, you know, you go get your ass beat. So, you know, uh, thank goodness we overcame that and read, you know, the second half out coach Langle. Like you said, Scott, like everybody's praising Langle, right? Like he's the second coming to this and that. But a guy who's just in his third game officially of coaching, I'll coach them in the second half. You know what I mean? So. You know, let's let's uh, give credit where credit. I mean, he, you know, Red beat Lingle in the second half by twenty points. You know, yeah, yep. So, so Scott, like, what what you think about like uh, I told you uh, somebody had suggested to me about um, you know an, an offensive guru coach to help Red out draw some plays in the future. You know, like Red adding that to the staff and stuff. Like, what what changes if you was in? You know, overseeing things and stuff. What would you like to see, you know, moving forward to change up with what you have seen so far um, during, you know, this early period of the Red Archery era? Yeah, I, I think that's a good idea. It's kind of like you could have the same guy like you talked about last year on you know, some of these spaces, like having a GM kind of like dealing with the NIL and dealing with the transfer portal and helping, you know, that stuff. And yeah, you know, um, yeah, I think, I mean, I don't, Look, the first half, we weren't moving. But it's all about ball movement and, and shot selection. I mean, you can bring a guru in, but if you've got guys going one-on-five and forcing up contested threes, you got to buy into the team mentality. I mean, I'd be so interested to watch the second half again. A, it would be fun. But B, I'd like to see how we got such better looks than we did in the first half and how we managed to stop them from shooting. You know, they had some wide-ass open looks in the first half. And they, they couldn't find, you know, the second half, our defense was so much better. And I'd love to see why that was, you know. And, you know, uh, you know the one thing that I thought, another thing Langle didn't do was the, the, the white guy, not the one who looks like he's 40, the other guy who Taylor was trying to guard had a significant dis, uh, advantage on him. And they should have fed him and got him right to, you know, it was really a tough matchup for Taylor. And to his credit, he was battling. But they should have gone to him more. Yeah, it seemed like they went to the other big man, um, Woodward, who, you know, that that was the guy I had keyed on on my pod that I said, he's not like the athletic, like he's a good passer and playmaker, but he's not like like really athletic and stuff. And they kept going you to You were right him. on. Yeah, they kept going to him. And that's where we were getting the steals and stuff. The other guy, Records, that was the one I was saying, okay, read the scouting report. He's the one that can like stretch the floor and do a whole lot of things. He's the better big man. And you're right, Scott, like in the second half, they kind of like went away from him and went to the other big man. And that was kind of strange to me. I mean, it worked out for us, you know, us us Q's fans. Thank God they did that. But in the first half, when they jumped out to that 20 point lead and stuff, he was the one that was like giving us the business. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. We're gonna need though. We're gonna need somebody to rebound, you know. And that, and I hope Benny doesn't sulk. And you know. <laughs> 
act like an ass some more. You know, he's got to <laughs> understand, you know, he's got to understand we need him. We need him to come, you know, I don't think he's going to be starting anytime soon after tonight's debacle and after the way we came back without him. But he's got to go into practice. He's got to think about doing the dirty things. You know, I don't want to see him jogging up, loping up the floor like he likes to. You know, I want to see him hit the floor and get some rebounds. And, you know, there were, again, you know what's amazing, by the way, Dean? You know, this is obviously the best night of Bell's career. He had zero points and I'm sorry, zero assists and zero rebounds. That's hard to do when you're out there playing that much. Isn't it unbelievable? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, it's not surprising, but. You know, like I said early on, if he's knocking down shots like that, you know, that's. And he was, listen, he was more active on defense tonight. And it's like anyone who's watched or played basketball, when you're feeling good about your offensive game, you're going to be better on defense too. It's just human nature. And I felt like he moved better on the defensive end tonight. Yeah. I mean, this this game was something else, man. I tell you. Uh, so, Scott, at what point did you feel like, hey, we could really make this uh, comeback? I was telling Vince around like that eight, nine minute mark. Like, when when did you uh, think like, okay, like we could really do this? I think right around that time because, you know, they were down by what, eight or nine points with the eight minute mark. And, you know, you say to yourself, man, in college basketball, eight minutes is a lifetime. And, but you know, we get so many heartbreaks the last couple of years. You know, I kept expecting somebody from Colgate to, like, at the shot clock, hit one off the backboard and go in from three or something, you know. So, like, I wasn't sure we were going to win until, uh, you know, we were up, like, four with, like, or five, you know, at, at the very end. And it was a two-possession game. I, w- I got nervous when – um you know, we're, and I was going to ask, I meant to ask you this question before and see what you think about this. When you're up six with a certain amount of time left, does it make more sense to guard the three-point line and keep it a two-possession game? Like, you know, J.J. kind of was looking like he didn't want to foul, you know, so he didn't really go after that shooter. That cut it down to three, you know, and, you know, we don't, so it's a one-possession game. I wonder if that's something that, with analytics now more popular that you'll see guys realize it's better to keep it a two-possession game if they get an easy two-pointer, it's not a big deal. You know, you get the ball back and hopefully make your foul shots as opposed to in lengthening and shortening the game as opposed to, you know, letting guys shoot threes. Yeah, I remember something um, back in the day when I think Chris Joseph made a comment once. Um, this is around, like, the Chris Joseph days and stuff. And he always yeah. said – Bayham always preferred giving up twos more so than threes, right? Like he's yeah. like, no, I, I, you know, guard, guard a three, guard a three. If they get a two, like in late game situations, he was talking. I forgot what game it was, but it was like around that time. I remember uh, that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was like the, you know, the West Johnson team or something like that. And he made he made a comment um, like that during 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 one of the games. And he was saying, like, we, we you know, uh, Beheim always emphasized guarding the three no matter what, like, during the end of the games and stuff. Like, he always hated um, giving up three-point shots. Like, if somebody gets a layup or whatever, you know, fuck it. But, you know, uh, you know the three-point shots, that would drive him crazy. And, you know, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I you know, I hate it when that guy hit, hit that um, three because it's like a one-possession game. So, what happened if you don't hit your free throws? Thank God we were in the double bonus because if it was one-and-one, one, then, you know, all it takes is – you know, you miss that first front end, and then they come down inside the game. Then who knows? You know what happens, but yeah, when Judah was when we were up three and Judah was at the line with like one point something seconds left, I was wondering if he missed them both, whether they would have fouled or not. But I don't think they would have because it was only one point eight. You know, but it's like 
you don't want to bring the ball down the other end of the court, but you, you, it's just an interesting uh, strategy thing at the end, whether you foul or not. Yeah, and it's crazy. <laughs> You'll find this funny, Scott. I don't know if you paid attention to the line, but the Q's. Um, I oh, think I did. Like minus five, and Judah had that. Uh, uh, we were up four, and um, Judah missed that that last shot. So Q's one more four. So if somebody you know had like Q's by five, you know, just to get your money back on the push, <laughs> right? Judah cost a lot of people money, so. <laughs> You know, I don't know that the line ever got to five, though. Last thing I saw, it actually went up to six and a half. No, I saw, I saw that. For, I don't know. I guess it's different. Cause I, 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 right. You know, that, you know, down here in Florida, we don't, we don't, we're supposed to get betting soon, but I got to do, you know, we got to do the offshore shit. So, Bavada had it at huh. minus five. But I don't oh, know. Oh, really? Like, wow. Yeah. So, I don't know if like FanDuel and, you know, DraftKings and all that. I, I saw, I saw it at different spots, like you're saying, like five, six. I saw various spots, but when I last saw like ten minutes before the game, I saw like Bovada had it at um minus five, and I was just like, you know what, I'm I'm staying away from this one. But the over under was that I think I think it was like one fifty seven or something crazy like that. But you know, um, yeah, the second I'll come back, uh, I'll come back dead to that going over. You know what I mean? Like we shut oh, yeah. the low gate down. So yeah, like yeah. So this was a game. I I I just never have a good feeling Syracuse Colgate matchup. So I just stayed away and stuff hey, if like these, that. If these two teams are playing at the Dome on Saturday, what do you think the spread should be? Uh, on Saturday, if they what they if they're playing again? Yeah, if they were playing again, what would you put the line at after watching the game tonight? Oh man, that's a, that's a that's a good question. Hmm. I think I have because I I just with the styles and everything like that, I, I I probably would have it the same to be honest. I probably would mm-hmm. have like four or five or whatever. I don't think like how we're how we're like constructed <laughs> talent wise and how um Colgate is because remember. I don't know if you caught the end. I was telling Vince, me and Vince, we agreed that one of the turning points too towards the end of the game. Remember Colgate's point guard, who's really good, giving us the business. He got hurt the last right. few minutes. So who knows, you know, the game. I'm not saying we only won because of that, but, you know, like, like let's, you know, taking off the orange shades, you know, that was a big, you know, big turning point in our favor and stuff like that. But then again, you can say, is he going to have a similar game like that where, like, the stat, his stat line was crazy. I think – um. I think I, was it Vince or Toast who read? I think it was Vince that read his stat line. Where it was like this dude had like a double double, and you know he 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 was really good. He was like, two, I don't he know was how two Mike... assists shy of a triple double. Yeah. Oh my god! He had eleven I, I rebounds. Mike... The kid, what is he? Six three, six four, six. I think he's shorter than yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I know. I, yeah, but you know what? But but again, before we put him in the Hall of Fame, he did have four turnovers, and I, he was nowhere to be found when that press was a problem. You know, that's what I don't understand. The kid had a good handle. He knows the game. And Lango couldn't get him the ball. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I mean, he went, for, he went four for 11 from the field, two for six from three-pointers. You know, he did have, like you said, it's a great point. He had 11 points, and, you know. and You know, he went off the court like he got shot. And the next thing you know, he's jogging back on the court like a soccer player. You know, <laughs> so I was kind of like, you know, what's up with that? I think but, he yeah. was. Um, I think he was cramping based on the way he they were treating him on the sideline. I think he was. Cr- oh, interesting. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Vince, um, I'm looking at the Colgate side. They list him at six feet, which probably means oh wow, he's like okay. Miles. How did he get 11 rebounds? Man, that's that's an indictment on our on what we were talking about our lack of rebounding. That's horrible. 
that's yeah. hustle. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's a bad. It's a. It looks. It makes us look bad too. I mean, it's a, yeah, that's that's horrible. Yeah, I. You know, I. Oh. Scott made a look, good point. Look, Scott, you made a lot of good points. One thing that you uh, you were wondering earlier, you were saying how um. How how come we our defense looks so much you know better in the second half? And I think what Red did was, I think that. You know, we mucked it up a little bit. You know, we uh, the press obviously gave us a lot more energy. So even when they broke the press, I thought our defense in the half court was much better in the second half. You know, we we were shutting out the passing lanes. We were getting some deflections and steals. And I think it. I think the uh, press gave us the energy that we needed. I agree, and I think we played off the crowd. And I think the bench was into it. I, these guys smelled it. They they felt it. Like you know. There's nothing like a comeback in basketball. And, you know, guys were flying all over the court, you know, with deflections in the press. Even when we didn't steal the ball, they'd get the ball over half court. And, you know, they had kind of struggled to get open looks. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, guys. So, um, uh, so like, after, after Hawaii, like, what's the – Games after that. Um, any of you guys got the schedule in front of y'all? Like, yeah, I can get um, it. Is LSU, LSU is the next game. Okay. Um, let me. I got so it right here. LSU. So LSU is on. Um, so Maui is uh, the last game in Maui is Wednesday the twenty second, and then we have until the twenty eighth, which is a Tuesday. That's the uh, ACC SEC challenge against LSU. Then we're at Virginia that Saturday, so we have a few days to prepare for that. And then there's a uh, turnaround, and we play home against Cornell, and then we're at Georgetown. Uh, and then and then we have eight days off until we play uh, Oregon in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which is an mm. interesting game. That's a Sunday game. Yeah. That's going to be weird because it's going to be up against the NFL. <laughs> gonna... Yeah, I don't know. That's a yeah, weird that's... game, man. A 1 o'clock game on a Sunday? Yeah, who schedules that? Like that does not make any sense at all. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm happy because that means I don't have to watch the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's like a that's a bonus for you. Yeah. Yeah, I just yeah, I just popped up the schedule as well, Vince. And, and, and don't yeah, you that, think it's weird that like you just then they just pop in a home money maker against Niagara, who's actually could be dangerous. It's just kind of weird how. Back in the day, you know, they used to have the ACC. You know, you'd have your non-conference and you go into the Big East or the ACC. Now it's kind of a little mix and match action. Yeah, well, they they always, the last like four years or so, we've right. played that weird game, and it seems like we play Virginia the first game the last few years, and it's like that standalone game in the conference. It's very odd. Yeah, I agree. It always seemed like it's them or Pitt, right? Like, yeah. Um, UVA or well, Pitt. But we played Pitt. Pitt, Pitt. That's the second game after yeah. we played Niagara. We have Pitt. So they they look like they spread the schedule out pretty good, though. We have we don't have too many, um, like, Saturday-Monday. I don't know if we have any Sunday mon- Saturday-Monday games. Maybe, like, one. I don't even think we have any looking at it. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And also, they, they kind of – Usually they give you a game at the end at home, like a big weekend, you know, Duke or Carolina or Virginia. And this year, you know, maybe because we've been lower in the, in the uh, conference, you know, we're finishing at home with Virginia Tech and Notre Dame and, uh, you know, as our last two home games. Right. Yep. 
right, uh, so um, Mr. Q's Jersey Collector, I saw you trying to get on, but I saw you just got off. So if you want to hop back on, I I'll get you on, and you can um, you know, uh, talk about your 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 thoughts on the game and stuff like that. Let me uh, get you on real quick. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, hey, what's going on? Uh, most most of uh, what I would want to say, you guys already covered. Um, you know, first thing I want to say is you you said all the mid majors that had beaten the high majors. You forgot one. You forgot Princeton beating Rutgers at a neutral oh, site. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a good one right there. Yeah. Princeton, Princeton looked like they're gonna be the real deal again. So I got <laughs> season tickets up. there. I'm telling you, they they would have beat Syracuse the last three years. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> hey, how about the Ivy League though? Like Dude, Penn beating up on Nova and Brown. The, Brown, remember Brown almost beat Colgate in the opener, right? It, so it's the best yeah. low major league in the country, honestly. You know, mm-hmm. Princeton and Penn are obviously two of the biggest low major programs historically, alongside Western Kentucky. You got Yale, who's projected to win the league. I mean, it's it's, it's no joke. That's a good group. And everybody stays there for four years, like you were talking about. Continuity. Everybody stays there because there's no scholarships in the Ivy League, so everybody's there for that education. (laughs) But uh, I thought tonight uh, the play of the game was the fact that we were able to get so many turnovers. Some of them were really mindless. The passer was intercepted at midcourt and turned into a bucket for us. I thought that was a real game-changer. Uh, you know, Chris Bell, no rebounds and no assists. If he didn't make all those shots, I think everybody would be killing him. But like you said, we got to give him a break. (laughs) 25 points. We would have been run out of the gym if he didn't score all those. But yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, but uh, to, to your point about Maui, we've had good luck against Gonzaga. I think. In my lifetime, we're two and zero against Gonzaga, and both of the games were uh, we we won in 2010 in the NCAA tournament. That was a runaway. We had a huge comeback in 2016 in the Sweet 16. Uh, but we've had good luck against Gonzaga. They're not as strong as they used to be. I think we can get them if we get them, but who knows? Got to play the first game first. <laughs> See where, yeah. See so, so what's it? What's so what's your take on the Tennessee matchup? How you think? Um, you know, we gotta deal with those guys. That's a physical team. <laughs> That's a really <laughs> physical team that that Tennessee has. That you saw what they did to Duke in the NCAA tournament last year. They turned it into a rugby match. Uh, they don't have the exact same team back, but I I think you can expect much of the same. Uh, we're only three games in with this group and a new coach, a new system. So I don't want to give off too many indictments or comments just yet. Let's give Red a chance uh, so far. But I, I think that's going to be a rough, rough game for us. Yeah. I, look, if, if it's all, all heart, all hustle, and our guys keep that same intensity like we saw t- t- tonight for 40 minutes, right? Like you can't half-ass it for 20 minutes and think you're going to come back in the second half. But – if um and here goes another thing too. Remember that's the early start. I think local time is like a nine thirty in the morning tip. Two, so two thirty Eastern. Ten thirty. Okay. Two thirty p.m. Eastern time for us. 
Yeah, for us, but over there is what nine thirty or ten thirty? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. Let me see. Uh, yeah, it's a five hour difference. Yeah. In my math, I ain't great at math. Let me see. Ten or eleven, twelve. What? Yeah, so it's a nine. Yeah, nine thirty, I believe. So, um, you know, maybe we catch Tennessee being, you know, kind of weak, weak in the knees or something like that. It's iron, <laughs> and um, you know, it's a sluggish game, morning game, and stuff like that. And um, who knows, you know, low-scoring low battle, and we got these guards, right? We got an amazing backcourt. Maybe Judah, JJ, these guys go off. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we get a, a, a Chris Bell, Chris Bell or Justin Taylor go, go nuts from distance or whatever, and we catch them off guard. But I, I, know, I know it's asking a lot, but yeah. you, you, need, you need that in your favor if you're going to beat a team like that, you know what I'm saying? And we're undefeated in the Maui Invitational, mind you. We've go- gone there three times. We never lost a game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, but I think mostly because of the soft ribs. So that's not that's not factoring. <laughs> the soft <Yeah>. ribs. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It, it's different because it's like the first. I think every time we went to Maui, we kind of went in there feeling like, hey, you know, we're one of the top dogs. Absolutely. We, we expected to win. It's kind of different this year where we're kind of like, eh, you know, it's coaching, coaching transition and. All kind of stuff. So we everybody's kind of just taking a wait and see approach. So it's a it's a very very different feeling going into Hawaii this year and stuff. And you know, as as pointed out, we're not going to Maui and those soft like as Toast said, you know, uh, those soft rims. And, and, uh, and I would and also Maui. add, I think uh, two of my favorite Syracuse dunks of all time were CJ Fair in Maui, where he uh, ended up bleeding. And then Jeremy Grant had one of his infamous putbacks, I believe, uh, off a Cooney miss. Yep. He had a running start on that one, too, the Jeremy Grant one. Yeah. Jeremy Grant at BC was his best dunk off a follow. Oof. I know the one you're talking about. He, had, he ran in from the three-point line and just had a putback slam on somebody. I know the one you're talking about, yeah. I think it was against Baylor. Uh, Toast, you, 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 you was a, you, you was at the queues when um Tony Bland and crew won it back in the days. Yeah, I believe so. Okay, yeah, I remember that one. That was the first one I remember. You know, as a young queues fan and stuff, seeing like Tony Bland and all those guys, Eton and them, I believe, <laughs> out there doing their thing. You know what I'm saying? So that was cool. But um, yeah, uh. Yeah, so since you know about the Ivy, what what, what can you tell us about? Because we got Cornell on the schedule. Are they going to be any good? Is Are we going to sweat against them like we have the last few years where they give us a game for like 30 minutes? Uh, maybe. I mean, they're, they're going to be probably fourth best in the league, in my opinion, between Yale, Princeton, Penn, and then probably Cornell. Uh, I mean, I, I think we can beat them. I, I mean, I think that Syracuse the last few years absolutely would have lost to Princeton and absolutely would have lost to Yale. Um, we've had good performances against Cornell. I, I think that we should be able to get them again, I would think. Yeah, they lost. They, they had a, a guard I had liked, and I was hoping we probably brought him in as a rotational player. What's his name again? No, was it Nolan? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, I, I liked him. He was good over the last few years. Like he, he was somebody I thought like, hey, like just bringing him as like a backup and stuff. That that would have been interesting. But he's at uh, was it Loyola Chicago? I don't know how he's doing over there so far. But you know, he 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 was a 
local guy that played AU. Like he played AU with like Buddy and Joe Gerard and I, I know exactly. I know exactly who you're talking yeah. about. That kid could play. He he was good. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I I honestly think we should be able to beat Cornell. I would be concerned if we were playing Yale because they're, they're strong and they're bringing most of their team back. I'd be concerned if they were playing Princeton. Princeton's pretty damn good. Uh, they controlled the game against Rutgers. They they led pretty much the entire second half. Yeah, did, did Princeton beat another good solid team the other day? I forgot who, but I I, I saw people talking about they won another another game. I jeez, I forgot who they played, but it was like another another quality when they had. Um, uh, let me see. Try to drop the Ivy schedule. You know, see, see, this is what we get on 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 the on the spaces, yo. We got we get <laughs> Ivy hoops, you know, really exercise. <laughs> um, let me see. They beat Hot. They, they beat. Oh, it's Hofstra. Yeah, Hofstra. Hofstra, Hofstra and Rutgers. They only played Hofstra and Rutgers. They're gonna be playing Monmouth yeah, Hofstra, this weekend. Yeah, Hofstra. That was a good. Yeah, that Hofstra. That was a good win for them because Hofstra is supposed to be good too. Hofstra and then they, strong. I see. Yeah, and I see they got Duquesne and Monmouth. Monmouth just beat our boy West Jesse Virginia. Edwards, so that's cool. I'll be there. I'll they be there. Got, hey. I'll be there at yeah, Monmouth. I'm taking the train over. Yeah, I'm looking at the schedule. Princeton is not dodging any smoke. They got at Duquesne, Monmouth, Old Dominion. They got to play Furman, Bunk- too. Furman, the team that beat uh, Virginia, and they're bringing everybody back. Furman's brought basically their whole starting lineup back. Hey Dean, oh, speaking man. of Duquesne, why is Hema ever going to play this year? Is he? Uh, what do you think? Is he? Uh, is there any matchup I, where Hema would play? Toast. I think there's more to the story that they're not telling us because I remember uh, Griff talked about his knees, and it makes no sense why a guy who was in the rotation last year, who was like a really good shot blocker, and we could have used him today, right? Like, um, yeah, against some of these bigger guys. Yeah. So there's there's something I think there's something going on there that we're we're you know they they're not letting us know um, publicly because it doesn't it doesn't make any sense that he he hasn't played at all like even the exhibition games and I think even the the what the scrimmages I think he played like just one one of the scrimmages so I don't I don't think he got in at all but yeah. they asked about him at one of the press conferences and Red said he's fine. So I uh, mean, unless you're yeah. unless he's some sort of smoke screen. Hey Dean, what about uh, what about Peter Carey? Because uh he was he looked like he was in sweats today. Yeah, it's I don't I don't know if his knees or, or his injury, whatever is acting up again and stuff, because he was in the rotation over Hema, right? Like, That's what I'm saying. And he was I looked in the bench and he was in he was in sweatpants. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's 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 there's there's a lot of stuff. Like we 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 know how like the, the red option ever is gonna be. It's gonna be like a lot of low key, and we're gonna have to be fishing for information. Yeah, he's doing he's doing a Dino. Yeah, poking <laughs> dagger like Dino is. Dino thinks he's like he's fooling everybody with the with this like you know he put puts these random people on the travel list and then they don't play and I don't know. <laughs> Hey Dean, do you see tonight that UMass Lowell beat Georgia Tech? Oh, they! Oh, wow! You see, because I was wrapped up. Because Vince, I would have continued my laughing gifts and 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 all that stuff, but I was so focused on the Q's game, I can't even make fun of other teams yet. Because I'm like, 
wrapped up with the Q's. Yeah, Georgia Tech. Oh, man. Losing a UMass Law. That's your neck of the woods, right, Scott? <laughs> yeah, you don't understand. I didn't even know UMass Law had a basketball program, you know? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, nobody goes up to Lowell. I mean, you don't, you don't understand. Like, I mean, that's I, that's astounding. I mean, that is crazy. What you guys think about um JP's buddy Grosso getting um stepping down from Brian? <laughs> oh, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that because they almost beat Rutgers this weekend too. Ew. Uh, nope. Hey, oh, well. those bastards. Those bastards cost me money on opening night of college ball. I had them in a parlay against last place projected last place Manhattan in the MAC, and they lost that game. Like I had, I had one of those crazy parlays where I had like you know ten teams where I could have won like probably like a grand, and <laughs> nine out of ten, and the only one I lost was um yeah that that game um the Bryant the Bryant game. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not feeling that squad, but yeah, it's funny that Grasso. I mean, you know that that guy was a trip. After you know something saying? he like, said about us, whatever, man. I'm yeah, glad to see yeah. him out. He can he can go hoop with cops or whatever he was that 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 say I'm sure you saw that that that, that clip right like he was, when he was um dude he made some reckless ass comments about us too yeah yep so so um oh I right, so oh I yeah um so you got any last words I got my my guy Mike from Rochester guy I forgot he was on so right. any, any last words you want to say before I get to him I'll hop out you I could hop out. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Good, good hearing from you. Um, Mike, Rochester, what's going on, my guy? Hey, what's up, Q's fans? How we doing? Chilling, chilling. Um, my little uh, group text we had, I got a question for everybody. What do you think happens tonight if we swap out Judah for J- JG3 and JAB's on the bench? What happens? All right, so we do round table. Uh, Vince... Q's jersey, Scott, Tokes, y'all, y'all can get that, and uh, I'll get to that last. I I don't see how we win the game. So, so Bayheim's coaching, and who uh, you said we swap. I just want to make sure I got the premise right. So JB is coaching instead of Red, and we have JG three in instead of Judah. Is that what you said? Well, yeah, I would assume uh, my assumption was if if Beheim was back, Judah was gone. So, and then Joe would have definitely oh, stayed. We would have, yeah, we would have gotten smoked because, um, yeah, we. I mean, the whole key to the game. Maybe Jude, maybe Joe makes a few shots from the outside, but um, we certainly wouldn't have had the press. Wouldn't have been effective. We will. Well, JB probably would have ran a press, I guess, but I don't think it would have been as effective with Joe out there. That's for sure. So uh, yeah, no, I don't. I think we. I think we wind up. Uh, I don't think the comeback winds up being effective. I think we lose by like fifteen points. Yeah, I would say at least like twenty-ish, probably right. Yeah, maybe. Q's jersey. Oh, I completely agree. I mean, he's not even playing all that great for Clemson, really. So I mean. I, I think the last two years we lost to Colgate, we didn't really make a push at the end. So I don't even know that we would have gotten the push at the end, to be honest. Scott. Yeah, I think Joe would have gone five for 28. Um, 
five for twenty <laughs> five for twenty seven from three. Would it, by halftime would have been cherry picking on offense, and that and the press would have been a disaster. He would have been out of breath, and we probably would have lost by forty. <laughs> Toast. Oh, uh, we would have never been down twenty four in the first place because uh, <laughs> Judah contributed. Oh, Judah contributed to that deficit with some of the most puzzling defensive decisions I've ever seen in that first half. And that, that intentional foul, flagrant foul, like what was that? And even even Scott mentioned, uh, the, the I think, uh, the defensive play prior to that where he like went for a weird steal that he had no chance of getting and then just let his guy walk into a three. But, yeah, I don't think uh, we come back with, the, with Joe instead of Judah because obviously they're, you know, different styles. But – yeah, we, we're not making that comeback in, in this uh, hypothetical, but I don't think we're down that large of a deficit. Assuming we have, you know, the other pieces are all the same. We have JJ and uh, Quadir and everything else. Yeah, I agree with the guys. Like, I think, yeah, Joe here and there probably would uh, knock down some threes, but being down that much and, you know, play the press and trying to defend and you got to get some stops. And I just don't know, like, obviously if JB was still around, we would be playing zone. And I, I think uh, Colgate would have got, they killed us on the glass first half playing man to man. Imagine if playing 40 minutes of zone with those big guys and everything like that. <laughs> I think they would have just continued to crush us. And um, yeah, they, 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 they would have won by, Double digits, in, in my opinion, if we still had Joe and Beheim was out there doing the same old, same old. Yeah, no doubt. I, I completely agree. But really what I want to say, I mean, you guys already touched upon it, but I think those back taps were huge. Um, I know Malik Brown had a couple. I think Wadir had a couple. Um, so I think that was a big part of the success they had in the, in the comeback. And, uh, you know, my take, I think McLeod stinks. I don't care if he's playing against a bunch of 6'11", 300-pound dudes. I don't think he's good. I think his hands are terrible. That's why I don't think they're giving him the ball down low. He can't catch. Um, so they're in a lot of trouble when they get to play a, a big that's got some skill because um, we're going to have no presence um, in the inside, is my opinion. I just think he's terrible. And uh, they need to get a big a big in the, in the portal this offseason or they're in trouble. And I'll uh, I'll uh, listen for the rest of the night. Have a good night. All right, good, good hearing from you, Mike. Yeah. Um. Anybody have uh, a difference of opinion about McLeod? Because McLeod was getting a lot of uh, scrutiny through my timeline and stuff, and I kind of <laughs> been trying to be patient with him. But like uh, Scott Fitz, Toast. Q's jersey, like, how you guys feeling about um, McLeod so far? I think he's shown promise. I think tonight wasn't his night, obviously. He had a really rough night. But like I said uh, when I spoke originally, I don't think this was a good matchup for him because um, Colgate's bigs, um, you know, have the potential to pass and move. And he's he's got to be in there with guys that are – immobile he's not very mobile i think we we have to get him involved early in maui you know get him get him let him seal his guy teach him how to seal his guy on the block 
get him an easy basket early on and maybe it gets him going because he looked a little disengaged tonight. And I think part of that was his doing and part of it was our doing, um, you know, as far as the staff and how we used them. And part of it was the matchup wasn't good. I'm, I'm a little bit more bullish on him than most people have been. Um, I thought he was, I did think he was bad tonight. Obviously I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I agree. I think he's going to be somewhat useful. He was terrible tonight, you know, but I, I, I don't, I don't agree with what the last gentleman said. Like I thought his hands have actually been better than I expected. You know, I just feel like, uh, I don't know. The first couple of games, he kind of used his size well, and tonight he was jumping against these smaller white guys when he didn't need to jump. You know, he just just stood there and blocked his shot. You know, and like uh, yeah. it almost, and it, you know, his his mobility is actually better than I expected. It's just, uh, but he's not going to be quick. You know, right? I mean, he's, it's they gonna, need to, they, everything he does is they slow. They need to really teach him how to wall 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 off to wall off the guys. You know, he doesn't. He just like you said. I mean, he's seven four. He's two hundred and sixty five pounds. If he stands, if he if he has a guy that's facing up to him in the lane, or or even better with his back to the with the guys with the with the uh, offensive guy with his with the back his back to the basket, just wall up, just stand there with your hands up, and there's the guy has nowhere to go. I mean, just use your size, use your strength. Um, he's a big dude. He just needs to to do that. And I think he's you know I think he's a smart kid. He, from all accounts, he's coachable. And uh, Griff needs to do a a good job with him and uh, develop him. But I, I'm bullish on him long-term. I don't think he'll ever be Jesse. He's not going to be a double-double guy, but I think he's capable of score, you know, having some games where he scores eight to 10 points and that not just against cupcakes. I think he can score. I think there'll be a game in Maui where we're going to say, wow, McLeod really showed up today and got us, you know, maybe, you know, a line like nine points, Seven rebounds, three blocks, something like that. Like the last, like the last games, that's what basically what he yes, did. Yes, exactly. And I think he could do that in Maui against good competition. Maybe he'll do it against Gonzaga or somebody like that. You know, we'll see. I know, but that was Canisius. I mean, I, I, can we get really that excited about him playing well against Canisius? I, he just he's super unathletic. He was on the ground. I mean, the Colgate dudes were putting him on the ground tonight. That's that's just a terrible look. Yeah, that's that's fair. Like I said, he I'm not going to sugarcoat and say he played well tonight because he didn't. Yeah, <clears throat> Dean, you're Dean, you're high on Canisius after uh, their big win the other day at uh, St. Bonaventure. But, yeah, you know, but it makes me you know what makes me laugh is remember last year when when we beat Richmond. And Pat made it seem like we beat like the Bill Walton UCLA team. And, you know, and he, he was talking about players who weren't even there anymore. <laughs> hey, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, Scott, I'm just glad that it counts as a quality win. That's what I'm saying. I just hope Kanisha keeps it up. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because of course. I was hoping, I, I was a little disappointed that we didn't schedule St. Bonaventure. You know, they got those local Syracuse, Syracuse kids that uh, I yeah. followed through high school. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Charles Pride and Mike Adam Woods. You know, those are guys I know about for a long time. So I thought it would have been like a fun little thing to schedule the Bonnies and stuff like that. Because, you know, you have their alums and fans talking smack saying oh we don't want to schedule them anymore since they whipped us you know a few years back and stuff so um seeing Canisius you know people are kind of down on us after the Canisius game and stuff and it's like look they went on the road and beat St. Bonaventure so what does that say right like we beat Canisius by double digits so we we can't be that bad right (laughs) Hmm. yeah but um 
Uh, I see my my guy Matt. Matt, what's up, man? Uh, uh, hop in. Um, you, you was at the game tonight, or you was just uh, chilling watching it on the tube, like? No, what man, I was in, I was in the second row. I had a big scowl on my face for the first half, and I was pissed off, and I was booing like everybody else booed because we were pissed off at the effort. And all of a sudden, something clicked at halftime. Those guys came out pissed off. None of them ran out of the tunnel. Not one of them. They all walked out of the tunnel, but they all were pissed off. They all had pissed off looks on their faces, and you knew something was going to change. It was it was just like black and white, day and night. You know what I mean? Mm, cool, cool. So, so, so uh, yeah, because those bulls were loud. Like when I heard the bulls, I was like, "Whoa!" Well, deserved too. For this, but they deserved every boot because they just weren't giving effort, and people were pissed off. So what's some of the changes you saw from the first half to second half? I mean, their defense was a lot better, and their shooting obviously was a lot better. Their rebounding got a little better. They still got out-rebounded by 12, but they were making them turn the ball over. I mean, Colgate turned the ball over 19 times, you know. So they their defense was, you know, it was it was like an, an annoying defense, and they, they just couldn't hang. Yeah. But, but um, what you thought about like offense? Because um, you know, a lot of the, t- the talk that you know we've been talking about so far early on is just like, you know, the offense. You know, uh, with with just like so much one on one ball, and then defensively with the guys, you know, the lapses they're having and the communication issues and the lack of rebound. Rebounding is you know uh, an issue that you just mentioned. So, like, I'm sure all that was visible to you. In person, like how, yeah. how poor, you know, they could be at times in that department. It seems like they're trying to do a lot of the one-on-one ball, which doesn't really work. It, it it looks like it works a lot better when they get a couple extra passes in there and they can knock down a shot or drive it to the basket because the defense is spread out. But they 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 did a really good job in the second half. I can't. It, it was just a great second half. I, it was unbelievable. Yeah. So that that press. I mean. You know, how, how how that press looked. What's the difference you saw in that press, you know, this year than previous years and stuff you know, like Malik, that? Malik Brown was you, – you could see he was a lot of the reasoning behind – he was punching the ball out in, you know, different 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 guys who had the ball. He, he was punching it out. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're scrappy right now. They're, they're scrappy in the second half. They, they didn't have the same – intensity in the first half but they weren't playing that same defense either i think you need to if you got 10 to 11 guys that you're playing you might as well run like that the whole whole game you know what i mean yeah so so let me ask you this since you're at the games and you see you know what's going on on the bench and all kind of stuff when the team is down who's the leader like who's talking to the guys like what's really happening like what, what you see in person like who who, who 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 does this team turn to to say all right like we're this guy is saying bro stuff i think they're all in i think they're all in with red mm-hmm. all, i think they're all in with red they're, they they don't stop looking at them over at them you know remember when players used to play with Bayheim and they they mess up do you think they ever looked at him <laughs> no, yeah. not a chance. Mm-hmm. But they look at him. They look for him. They look for his direction. They look for his leadership, and he's fiery the whole game. If you keep your eyes on him the whole game, like he's he's going back and forth. He's yelling. He's his hand gestures. He, like he's into it, which is great. And that's what we okay. need. 
Oh, so so he's not sitting on the bench picking his nose? No, he's not picking his okay. nose. Okay. <laughs> I just had to get that little jab in. <laughs> I don't think I saw him sit, to be honest. I don't think I seen him sit. Okay, that's Every time that's I looked good. over, he was standing up. Yeah, that's good to know. So who, outside of Red, like, who's the assistant that's kind of like, you know, like really amped up. That's like you, you. You can tell he's like second in command. Like which one of those guys? I say G Mac, even though G Mac always looks like he's pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he though? Yeah. <laughs> he. That's not, I mean, I know G Mac, but that's not how he is. But that's that's his that's his intensity. That's his competitiveness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think he has the same. I think he has the same relationship. With those players as, like, Red does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Dean, you know, I wanted to say one thing that you uh, bounce off one thing you said, and you're, you're asking, um, gee, uh, who is the guy that provides the leadership? That is a little bit of a concern of mine, um, watching five games, including the uh, exhibitions. I don't know if we have an on-court on leader, you know, uh, I think G- Judah's the leader, but he—it's he, not like he's not—he just might not have troops behind him. Yeah, but you know he doesn't—he I mean? doesn't always lead by example because he makes boneheaded plays sometimes. He did that play where he, uh, you know, he had that uh, the flagrant one, you know, which was a really, really stupid play. He, he had other plays that Scott alluded to where he didn't hustle back on defense. So, you know, that's not what a leader does. So that's my concern there. Yeah, and, and Vince, that's the that's something that's been going on. Yeah, you know, since the season started, that's that's a big concern. What did he do? Because I was at the game, I didn't see a replay. What did he do for the flagrant? He wrapped his. He like, well, first of all, he was slow to get back on defense. The guy beat him down to um, to half court, and then he just kind of grabbed him around the neck. I mean, for want of a better description, he just kind of like literally just grabbed him around the neck, didn't play the ball. It was very strange. He was, he was frustrated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he grabbed – he just wrapped his arm around his neck and like kind of yeah, – I'm not going to exaggerate were, were and say he put him in a chokehold, but he, he just kind of grabbed him around his that neck. That was the first half, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He was really frustrated because the play before that, he took a chance at half court and they just burned him and they got wanted him getting a layup. And then the next time down, he tried to make a steal, and that's when he when he just went and grabbed him. And it wasn't malicious, but he just was lazy. You can't do yeah, that. But though, he, you know, you just can't do it. Yeah, he's he's been having those plays where he gets like frustrated on one end if he doesn't like finish going to the hoop or doesn't get the call. And then he comes like either he doesn't hustle back. No, he does. Or... He does that all the freaking time. He doesn't hustle back. He must have. Yeah. Go watch the tape of the first half. He must have did it five, six times, and it, it's annoying. Well, I was at the Canisius game, and he laid down at the opposite foul line, and the Canisius went down and scored. He just never got up. It was ridiculous. Yeah, he's got a lot of growing up to do, but hopefully he can get it together here quick. We're gonna have some tough competition next week. Mm-hmm. So Matt, what you think about? Because even when you see guys during warmups and stuff, what you because the shooting is still kind of an issue outside of Chris Bell tonight and stuff. What you think about the like? Is this something you think guys could improve upon and stuff? Like when you just watching guys shoot and their forms and everything like that. Like no, what, I mean the realistically, they're they're they look really relaxed, almost to the point where they're too relaxed, and 
they don't they're not going like game speed. So when the game comes up to you and you didn't practice game speed or warm up game speed, you know, sometimes it's, it takes a while to catch on. And we've seen that with all three games too cuz we didn't play all that well in the first two games. Mm. Yeah, so um uh, uh, uh Vince, let me ask you this cuz uh uh, it was funny because the last uh, go around, the last space we did, I remember Pat and Pat was on for us. I don't know if Pat got Wi-Fi issues or something like that. He was on for a second and he bounced out. But he, he made an interesting point about Justin Taylor's shot. And he was saying, you know, it's not the smoothest release you ever see. And I kind of noticed on a couple of shots. I know he knocked one and it was like a big shot um, in the second half. But I noticed like in the first half, it's like he has like this high, like arch on his shot. It's kind of like he's just like a rainbow kind of thing. I don't know. You're you're, you're the guy I kind of kick to because you, you're good on like, you know, releases and how guys shoot and stuff. Like, is that a concern with Taylor? I know he's been hitting them early on in the season, but like he, you know, this wasn't one of his better games today and stuff like that. And I kind of noticed like what Pat was saying on the last space about his shot that it's not like the smoothest thing on earth. Well, Justin... I barely thought Justin was getting off the floor when he was shooting. Like mm. you know how you know how Buddy shoots where he does he's he's not really jumping. Yeah. Yeah, I um I think it's a slight concern. I mean, I just I think it's just he has kind of a funky release. I don't think he has the, like the, the most pure jump shot in the world. I don't think he ever has really. Um, I don't know. It's something to watch. I didn't notice anything abnormal tonight as far as like oh like that looks looks hideous or anything i i agreed with you though it didn't look like uh didn't look too pure tonight but i don't know i i think considering the the bricklayers we have in our starting backcourt i think he's the least of our worries as far as shooting is concerned between between um jj and judah and and then add throw in benny who shot terrible tonight? Um, I'm not really that concerned with Justin with uh, Justin Taylor overall. Yeah, yeah, I hear you on that. Hey, hey, hey Matt, uh, get back on Benny, 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 Benny. Oh my goodness, Matt, how how was just watching Benny and his interactions and overall just like what was the story with that guy? Excuse me. He looked he looked like he was. Um... Like, he just got back from, like, being, like, uh, in trouble at the principal's office. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't, like, he wasn't Benny Benny. He was just, like, like, like I, I was watching him in the, in the starting lineups. I was watching him on the bench. He was cheering for his team. I'll give him that. But, like, you know, he was just sitting there. He was, wasn't, he was being a good boy for once. And did you hear about what even transpired? Yeah, but like behind what um what got him in trouble or just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I heard some stuff, but I you know I'm not I'm not gonna you know get into that publicly. I'm just gonna <laughs> respect as Red had mentioned, you know, and 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 press. Well, he's just gotta grow up. He's a captain. Yeah, yeah. You're supposed yeah, yeah, to be a captain. A, You're supposed a, to be a starter. Yeah. You you gotta grow yeah, up. A, yeah, it's an immature. Yeah, yeah, it's an immature. Like, like he, 
you know, this wasn't a situation where, you know, he, you know, right overreacted and he got wrong. Like, Benny, you know, I said this on my pod, like, Benny fucked up. Like, Benny got himself into the situation. So, like, that's, 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 you know, his issue right there. You know Isn't that I mean? a concern so, for everybody in Syracuse Nation that he's had yeah. issues every single year he's been here? Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, he's he's on his last strike. Like, we're at a point right now, Matt, that if he messes up once again, Red probably has no choice but to just kick him off the team. Or if or or, or, or if we get to a point at the end of the season, tell him, you know what, you got to go elsewhere. Enough, enough is enough, right? <laughs> like every year with this shit, with this guy. Plus, we have Donnie Freeman who could take his spot too. I mean, yes, Freeman's yeah. more of a power forward; he's more of a pure four. But that's who Benny should be. Benny's got his thought in his head that he's a friggin' that he's a three, and he's not. He's a four. He's got to play like a four. He's got to play inside. He's got to he's got to bang inside. He's got to get rebounds. He's got to. Somebody else, I forget who it was. Maybe it was maybe it was Toast. Um, you know, said it. I don't. I'm not sure who it was, but he's got to. Or maybe it was uh, Scott. You know, he's got to get ugly. He's got to do the dirty work. He's got to get on the glass. He's got to get on the floor. He's got to earn that time. Maybe it was even you, Dean, who said it. <laughs> I forget. But you know, he's got to. Like you said, he's not going to start anytime soon. He's got to for, just change his attitude. He's got to really hustle and play like it's his last game or he's he's gonna he's either gonna be recruited over or he's gonna be shown the door or he's gonna quit or he's you know whatever but he's gotta be he's gotta buy in it's enough is enough uh, you know personally you know I like the kid but I'm sick of it I really am yeah every year is some yeah enough different kind of drama with this guy enough yeah enough is enough I right, so Vince let me ask you this and other people you know other, other you know, you other guys can jump in if you want. If uh, Chance Wesley was healthy, how how you think he fit into this rotation right now? That's a great question. I think he really would have been uh, useful tonight, um, defensively and on the press. Um, you know, I think it could come down to how good his shot is. Um, you know, we don't know if he if he's going to be a great outside shooter. If his shot was good, he would get more minutes. But I think tonight he would have played big minutes because uh, we would have utilized him on the press because he's he's such a great defender uh, by all accounts. Um, so yeah, I would expect I would I would have expected him to get fifteen to twenty minutes a game. You know, I don't know about much more than that just because of, of the log jam that we have at our back in our backcourt, but I don't think Cuff would be playing pretty much at all if we had Westry. Um Cuff only had what well, I, I I don't have the box score in front of me, but I think he only had like eight or nine minutes tonight. Um yeah, but I think he would have gotten fifteen to twenty minutes and I think he would have been effective. It's a shame. Um you know, I'm hearing some negative things about Westry about the uh, injury and that, you know, a lot of conflicting reports, but um, hoping that uh, I'm hoping that it gets better to the point where he doesn't think about taking a red shirt uh, or where they make him red shirt because um, I think he could be an effective piece, but you know, it might be a situation where he's not back in time to be effective, which we've talked about on past uh, spaces and pods and stuff. So I think the, you know, 
let's make sure he's a hundred percent. But yeah, I, I, to answer your question, I think he would have gotten 15 or 20 minutes tonight. And I think he would have been really effective uh, defensively. Yeah. I think, um, Cuff's minutes probably would be his minutes. And exactly. That's what I was saying. Yeah. 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 Cause Cuff, you know, Cuff, Cuff had a few opportunities where he could, um, you know, knock down some big shots. I mean, I look, I, I like what I've seen from him so far, but you can just see, like, you know, his upside is probably as a backup, like a high energy backup and stuff. Like, maybe, and you get a kick out of this, Vince. Maybe a a a, a better shooting version of what we thought Ron Ron Patterson was supposed to be. I knew you were back. going there. Like, remember, oh my god. Yeah, like you remember, but remember Vince, like Ron did a lot of stuff well outside of shooting. Yeah, well, he had like, those long, guard, he had that so. long wingspan, so he was a pretty good. Yeah, defender. long wingspan. Yeah, he defended well. He had a lot of energy, but he just couldn't knock down jump shots. Yeah, I'm not really that worried was, about Cuff you know, as far as knocking down shots. Mm-hmm. I think, I think maybe tonight he was pressing a little bit, and I think he's been pressing the last couple last couple games. I think he knows that he doesn't have a, a lot of minutes, so he tries to make the best of it. He needs to let the game mm-hmm. come to him a little bit. You know, he's kind of he's kind of pressing, in my opinion. Yeah, he, he yeah he definitely seems amped up a lot, and like I said, um, on previous uh, spaces and stuff, that it's um you know this is kind of like his first year really playing in front of you know crowds and stuff like that, or in the rotation because um. First year in like three years because yeah. like his last year in high school, you know he only played two games and then the season got shut down because of COVID, and then he reclassifies, goes to Kansas, redshirts his freshman year, you know his first year, and then last year he had um season ending injury, so now he's basically just like, you know, okay, like I got these minutes and you know, chance being out and stuff he's trying to like make the best of everything and um you know it just seems like he's a little too amped up at times but you know you definitely love the energy and you know the juice that he brings to the squad and stuff like that so you know hopefully he just settles down relax and you know can be you know a bit more consistent with the jump shot and everything like that whenever he's on the floor yeah that's kind of where i wish that we had a, like an easier schedule you know to ease him back into things and kind of get him going but um unfortunately it is what it is and uh hopefully he can give us some minutes here or there because uh obviously uh you know you're going to need to spell Judah and JJ a little bit. I, I was surprised looking at the box score now that JJ played 39 minutes. There were some minutes in the second half where I, I, he was, it was almost like he disappeared. I didn't even realize he was on the floor. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of know. Yeah, I noticed that too. Like he was kind of, you know, seemed like he kind of like phased in, phased yeah, out. Yeah, it wasn't like he was doing anything bad, but he wasn't doing much of anything. He just kind of like. He just was kind of there. I'm shocked that he played 39 minutes. I just saw that right now. Yeah. Yep. Hey, uh, to piggyback off of what Vince just said about Benny, I think that he, he already is recruited over with Freeman coming to town, and then there's no way he's going to play next year at, like, the three when you got Freeman on the court. They're going to go with Bell or Taylor. There's no need for Benny to be on the court if that's the way it all breaks down. All right, yeah. so this is an interesting question. Um, but, but before you get to answer that, Vince, like, and you guys, like, with how the roster is, we're maxed out 13 scholarships. Got two commits, two guys that just signed. And 
let's say, all right, Judah, we know he's probably off to the NBA. Well, who you guys? You mean the G League, you don't think... you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, like... Well, hey, hey. All Vince, right, I'm know, sorry. I, I just had to get that, that in there. I'll, I'll say this, that Q's guys working on the NBA helps us. No, I hope. So, uh, look, I hope the guy's an NBA All Star, but I don't know. <laughs> there aren't too many guys in the NBA at his size that can yeah. shoot. That's all. So. Yeah, I I agree with. I don't really love his um NBA prospects unless that jump shot tightens up. But you know, like no, I hear you. I'm sorry I, to we'll, get you we'll, off your point yeah. there. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I was just saying, like, what what changes? Who do you guys? I know it's early, but who do you guys think you know Red might give a conversation to in the off season to clear up some scouts? Scholarships and stuff. Hopefully, all four bigs. <laughs> not Malik. Vince. Okay, so you're so you're not including Malik Brown in that. You're saying like Patterson. Correct. Okay. Correct. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, let me let me specify the true centers. Get rid of all of them. Yeah, I don't know if we've seen. I mean, and maybe it's for the best, but maybe we. I don't know if we've seen enough of Patterson to know if he has any potential at all, you know what I mean? I mean, just he's, he hasn't really got any time. Um, you're probably right. Um, I, 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 I don't know about Peter Carey. I could see him being given a talk. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and Malik, Naheem, I don't know about Naheem either because he's already transferred once. So, yeah, I think that, yeah, I think the issue with guys like Naheem and um, Hema, unless they're grad transfers, like, they're kind of stuck. Like, you don't want to be in a situation exactly. where you're just, like, kicking them off because they're, they're not going to get – like, we've seen so far, and I'm sure, Vince, you've been seeing things on your timeline stuff where a lot of those two-time transfer guys, they're being turned down. Like, the NCAA is not playing around. Like, unless these guys had a really good reason yeah. to be a two-time transfer – they're not getting those waivers. Yeah, and I understand so what Mike was saying about showing all the the legitimate centers the door, but um, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah I, yeah, I think if anything, it's no, it can't. It yeah, can't I, happen. I think Carrie is one. Like I could see, you know, because yeah. he, he he probably would fit, you know. And I was saying this on one of the pods too, Vince, that like maybe you know, because he he had a bunch of. Ivy League and Patriot League offers, so I can see him at a spot at like even a Colgate. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like those big men that are seniors and stuff. You know, if uh, Lango's still around or one of those assistants, you know, Carrie can go over there and kind of do his thing, or a Cornell or or one of those Ivy League programs and stuff. So, I, I you know I can see that, but I think we're kind of we're, we're pretty much stuck right now with Hema and um, McLeod being on Scott because they're they're two time transfers. So, what you guys think about the forwards? Like, you think uh, Benny get Benny out? Benny and yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's unfortunate unless he unless he turns around and plays like he did at the end of the year last year. Like, but he's I don't know. Bell, I think it's... Bell is going to tease us with games like tonight, and I say tease because the guy is going to be inconsistent all year. Because we know what we know what Bell is. He's an inconsistent player. Um, so I think there are going to be moments where Bell has his games like this where he's just – excuse me? I thought somebody say, said something. Um, yeah, I think Bell will have his moments where, you know, he has he has these great games and then he's – you know, and then we're, we're bitching about him because he does nothing for another game. But uh, I think there will be enough moments where he gets 
you know, and he's going to get bit minutes because he's a threat, you know, and we need shooting. Um, so, hey, hey, Dean, I wanted to ask you, um, Malachi Marino, this 2025 center from, you know, from Kentucky, how um, mm-hmm. it's early in the process, obviously, but is he serious about like leaving Kentucky, that that area or have you heard anything? <laughs> I don't know, Vince, because, you know, these Kentucky guys, you know, they grow up wanting to play, you know, where. Right, of course. And since Cincinnati just got played, like there was a point guard um, that was, uh, you know, Oh, the number four, he's like a top five guy, right? Not top. I I think he's more like top five. You mean like top five point guard or top? No, 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 not the not the, not the big man I just committed today. Oh, okay. They had a, a there's a, a local point guard who's like I think top seventy five or whatever, more like a back end top one hundred guy. It. And Cincinnati thought they were gonna get him. They you know um, recruited him hard and everything like that. But he's he's from Kentucky, and when it came down to it, I think he committed on Saturday, and Cincinnati went in thinking they were gonna get him, and he ended up committing to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he pretty much said, oh, you know, growing up in Kentucky, it's always a dream and this and that and stuff. And nine times out of ten, that always happens. You know, those local kids, it's like if Calipari wants you, and that's what I'm saying, like if Calipari passes on him and says, all right, go to Syracuse or go to, you know, this other school, whatever, like, what does that say? Right? You know what I mean? It's like, why if Calipari doesn't want, if he's willing to pass on him, what does that say? Yeah. Like, why would we want him? Absolutely. So, yeah, so that's why I'm like, I'm kind of like, ah, I don't know if we should waste time. and But that's the type of recruitment, Vince, that you know a guy like G-Mac would like, get himself into. And yeah, think, like, oh, and, I yeah, be yeah and get all pumped up and about then and then get, being left at the altar yeah. again. Yeah, and then we get played. So that's why I'm just like, you know, I mean, try. You know, I'm not saying. Right, because I, well, this. the reason I'm bringing him up is like, I don't hear us really being involved in too many centers. Yeah. Which leads yeah, me to I believe mean, yeah. that we're... Which leads me to believe but, but, that but, 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 maybe we're going to stick with the, some of these guys that we have. Yeah, it, 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 but remember, two events, you know, you got the portal, so the portal changes everything. Of course, so, yeah. You, you know, like, it, it's hard to, you know, read into, like, the regular recruiting stuff and everything like that because now it's, like, so many programs, they're just doing portal recruiting. It's kind of like, it's funny, the Kentucky and the Dukes, they're still kind of doing the old school thing, saying, like, we're we're going to get these, like, top five, you know, five-star guys and top 50 guys. And look, like, I'm not going to fault them. If you can get the Cooper flags of the world and everything like that, you do it. But you kind of, like, mix them with older, experienced guys. You know, that, that that's what I kind of find interesting, the approach to it, Kentucky. And now you see what Shire is doing as far as just, like, we're just going to load up on, you know, all these young five-star guys and roll the ball out. But then when tournament time comes around, you see, like, Duke can't pass the second round because they play a Tennessee team, like my guy Q Jersey just said, like a Tennessee team that has a bunch of 22, 23-olds, and they just getting their ass beat. You know what I mean? So, and Kentucky, um, you know, Vince, I'm sure you know, like, DJ Wagner, right? He's had, like, a rough start so far. You know, he's talented, but, you know, imagine him, you know, when it comes March, and he plays against a team, you know, like even now, like we're just talking about like Tennessee or whoever, like one of these teams that's very experienced at the guard position and stuff. Like 10 years from now, DJ Wagner might be the better prospect than, say, 
um, you know, one of those guys from, you know, uh, an experienced team like Kansas, like just throw Kansas around. Like they got that guard, the point guard that's like 22, 23 years old and stuff. That's really good. And he's a good defender. They play in the Sweet 16 game. DJ Wagner is probably going to finish with like four points. But then, you know, 10 years down the line in the NBA, DJ Wagner is obviously the better prospect. But when we're just talking college, you know, that that probably is not going to work out. You know, we're probably going to say, who you rather have, like the Kansas guard or, you know, DJ Wagner. But that's how – that's the dice that Calipari and um, Shire, they want to roll right now. And, you know, with our guy Red, I think he's kind of like trying to – you know, he's like in the middle trying to figure out what he's going to do, how he's going to build his roster. You know what I mean? Because I think Bayheim was late, like building this roster, like of what he wanted to do since he never really, you know, cared about the portal or like the whole portal transfer situation and stuff. So it's like we took all these guys for years ago, right? You know, the the the, the Bells, the Taylor, all these high school guys. It was like five high school guys a couple of years ago, and now this is a team Red is dealing with. So you know, you find yourself like trying to do his player development stuff and see if these guys can become the players that you imagine from recruiting them out of high school and, you know, seeing, you know, how, how, how do you deal with, um, you know, uh, all these teams that now in the ACC and everything like that, we're picked 10th, right? So now we have to prove, you know, the, the, the nation wrong that, you know what, our guys are ready to step up and do their thing. And tonight, Great comeback and all, but you know, I think we were all, you know, uh, shaking our heads saying, Damn, this is gonna be a long ass season in the first half. So, um, yeah, man. <laughs> and I think you guys were on to something earlier when you were talking about the centers. Like, Vince is right, I uh, Carrie definitely had like some blue sweats on, so he wasn't in really in uniform, and then Hema. I mean, with as bad as McLeod was playing, he didn't even touch the floor. So he must, there must be something going on with him as far as like a health status that they can't really talk about. So that doesn't make you feel really good about what's really going on. Yeah, he might have like a chronic condition. I, I hate to speculate, but um, yeah, he might have something chronic. Like uh, who is it that we had in the past that had issues? Uh, by you know, not by Mercy. What they 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 want Coleman and um. Sadipe. Yeah, Barama, yeah. Barama and, and Coleman um, just had sort of like, it just, they could never get over the hump with this, you know, tendonitis and all this other crap. You know, who knows what it is. But uh, yeah, it's too bad because I actually thought that uh, Hema showed some flashes last year, especially defensively. So, um, you know, this was a game, like you said, uh, Dean, in the in the open to the uh, spaces that uh, we could have probably, you know, could have probably plugged them in for a few minutes there. And because uh, uh, this was just not a game where uh, we got anything out of uh, McLeod. So we'll see on to Maui, as they say, or wherever. Yeah. We're I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, I you know, it was uh, kind of alarming when I remember Griffin, I interview with Mike Waters where he, when he talked about Hema and he was saying, Hemo was their best shot blocker, but he was saying because of his knee issues, be cautious with him and stuff. 
Yeah, and, that's a red flag, especially because, yeah. you know, red keeps things very close to the vest. So for Griff to say anything like that, it's probably not something minor. Yeah, and, you know, I kind of just figured, like, okay, you know, since this is still, I, I, I think this was back in, like, August or early September or something like that. So I'm just thinking, like, okay, you know, maybe he's just not pushing the limit. And then as the season comes around, you know, he'll be just be a full goal. But seeing what we're seeing right now, that he's not even playing at all, you know, we, we got to figure something is up. Because it's not like he's, you know, it's a discipline, disciplinary, you know, action or anything like that. So, you know, it has to be something, you know, physical, you know, health-wise, you know, going on with him, why, you know, he's not being in the rotation at least for a few minutes absolutely dean you got to play uh the lottery man you were talking about wagner he's got unless you were looking at the box yeah. score he's got four points all right so you know you guys got um any last words before we uh call it a night uh you know mike mike uh you got anything you want to wrap up with no, I, I'm not sure if it was coming through. I was just saying you must you got to play the lotto because you were talking about Wagner earlier, and he legitimately has four points right now. I don't know what's happening. All right, Mike, all right, Vince, Vince, Q's jersey. Like, any of you guys got? Uh, you must not have been able to hear. You, you must not wrap have... up with before we call it a night. I don't know if you can you hear me, Dean. I think you're having technical issues because I don't think you could hear Mike, and I don't know if you can hear me. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Can anybody hear me? Well, I'm not hearing anybody. I heard, I can hear you, Vince. I, yeah, I can hear Dean and you. Dean's, uh, it, it, Dean's having issues hearing us, I guess. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm going to watch the rest of this game. It's pretty tight. Yeah, it's a good game. I got it on, yeah. All right, man. Uh, good easy, night. Mike. Yeah, I'm not sure what's what's going on. Vince, you there? I'm here, but you can't hear me. <laughs> it shows you guys unmuting yourselves, but not hearing any sound on this end. Oh no. Yeah, there's a technical issue, Dean. All right, all right. Let me just. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Everything was cool until last few minutes and stuff. But um, you know, I don't know if you guys are hearing me. I can't hear you guys. So, all right. Anyway, uh, thanks for everybody tuning in. Okay, let me see. Uh, try to get Vince back on. I don't know what. Can you hear me now? What's, what's... Yeah, oh, I hear you now. I, yeah, I logged I off and logged back in. Yeah, it, there's something going on with your issue. You ever having issues? Because when Mike was talking, I could hear him mm -hmm. and he could hear me, but but you couldn't hear us. So I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, because you guys, every everything is still. Yeah, I, I got um, like, I got I nothing else to add. We've kind of talked about everything. I really appreciate your time tonight, Dean, and uh, it was a good space. I thought. Okay. Cool. Great. Um. You know. Try to. Lock in on, on on something during um Hawaii and stuff, cause um you know I got Dave and Amanda like his whole family's going out there and stuff like that. So I'm a oh, you nice. know chop it up with them. Yeah, so I'm gonna chop it up with them and see if um you know probably like after the second game, you know um the Tuesday, cause that's that's gonna be on Tuesday and stuff like that. Cause I'm 
you know, go be out of town for Thanksgiving and stuff, um, nice. even on Wednesday. So, like, Tuesday, I'm going to just see if, you know, whenever they got the time, you know, try to do a space where, you know, they, you know, either one, if you know, both of them great, but either one, whether Dave or Amanda, you know, they could just hop on and give us, like, a live report of how things are going out there in Hawaii and stuff like that. So, um you know that's what I'm 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 gonna try to set up with them, but um you know gr- glad that you was able to hop on and you know great insight as always and my um, pleasure, you know, Dean. Thank you so much. Yeah, no doubt. All, All right, right so, take care, buddy. All right, take care. Hey, Cusers, you still around? You know, if you you yeah, I'm, I'm here. Say. I'm just listening. I was watching the oh. uh, Kentucky game and and listening to you guys. Okay, yeah, yeah, I got that on the background as well, yeah. So, um, yeah, great hearing from you, and um, you know, thanks for hopping on and stuff. So, you know, you guys, everybody that tuned in, um, you know, take care and have a good night. All right, absolutely, have a good night. All right, take care, peace.